Hi, everybody. It's Tay. Welcome back to the PSW podcast. I'm here today with Lori Weitzel from the PSW AC committee. Um, we're here today to basically talk about the entrepreneurial PSW. And I know, Lori, that you had a background in writing and in childcare, and then you pursued your PSW certificate a little later on. And you've worked in LTC and in various settings. And now you're here working for yourself, specializing in end of life and can you let us know how that's going and and maybe touch a little bit on your experience to where you got to this point? Sure. Uh, first, I want to thank you, Tay, for inviting me. And I want to tell you how much I love your podcasts and what a wonderful job I think you're doing. Thank you. And I surprised you with that. <laughs> I, that was a little surprise. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, just to talk about how I got here, um, I did work at a factory in like another lifetime, it seems ago, um, mm -hmm. for 17 years. And um, I had to leave uh, with back problems. And while I was off, I thought, I don't wanna go back. I wanna do something else. So that's when I looked into the um, writing course that I took through the mail. And uh, it took me four years to finish it because <laughs> you know I had kids and, a house and a garden, two gardens actually. And uh, so while I was doing that, that's what got me into the childcare as well. Um, the neighbor kids didn't have a babysitter. So I started doing that and I did that for four years. Mm -hmm. um, but then things changed in my situation. So I couldn't sustain myself on the childcare um, income. So I looked in the paper again for a job and the nursing home was hiring and all you had to have for skills was your CPR. And they did all on the job training back then. So you were, you were called a nurse's aide. And I learned more from those girls that I first worked with um, my first nursing home than I ever did in PSW school. I just want to say, you know, shout out to them. Um, so yeah, um, that's how I got into the nursing home and uh, here I am. That's wonderful. I feel like the whole job is basically hands-on care and bedside care. So like, I feel like yeah. having that one-on-one -on -one with someone and actually experiencing that firsthand is like the best teacher overall. I definitely, I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, like the, the girls that taught me, uh, one of the girls, she had a mom that had um, diabetes and she was in a nursing home and um, she ended up passing away from an, an error uh, with, uh, you know, the nursing home. And so her passion came from there that that she used to work in a factory, too. And she um, she just had so much. She was very intense. She had so much uh, passion for the job. And uh, I think she instilled that in me from the get-go. And I was just lucky enough to work with the best nurses on the planet in the beginning. I mean, you know, you work with all kinds of different levels of uh, passion and you work with different levels of skills over the years, but I think if you if you're lucky enough to get that in the beginning, it sticks with you throughout the entire thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. And I know we talked before we started filming, but um, 
maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how you were originally in long-term care and now you've kind of branched out and carved your own path and you work for yourself. You're the entrepreneurial PSW. So can you kind of give us a bit of insight on that and how you got to this point again? Well, uh, when I was, all the time that I was in long-term care, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like the bureaucracy part, you know, uh, some of the government rules and some of the, some of the ways we did things were just, you know, as a, as the person, you know, they call it on the front line, like at the bedside, uh, the person that's the most intimate with the residents, some of the rules actually, you know, hindered what we wanted to do. And a lot of times, again, depending on where you work, if you're lucky enough to work in a really good facility where the managers are top notch and everybody's kind of listening, you can really make a difference. You can sit on committees and and be parts of teams that meet all the time and improve things all the time. And and it's wonderful. But when you don't have that, you start, it's, it's talk about stress, like even before the pandemic, I mean, burnout was a thing, you know, all the way along. I saw people burning out when I first started and, and I kind of looked at them like, you're scaring me, you know, like, is that gonna happen to me? Um, and, um, you know, you just, uh, that's the part that somebody like me that's proactive and, um, you know, just wanting to improve systems and things, you know, how they work. Um, I wasn't able to do any longer after a while uh, what I wanted to do. Where I worked, management changed drastically. Um, there was hardly anybody left that had originally been part of the man. I guess that's the downside to being in the business so long as eventually people retire and you've got new management. And, and the thing I found too, um, we could never find anybody that wanted to do those jobs and who can blame them. There's so much responsibility. And a lot of them, they weren't necessarily trained to do those management jobs. They were just nurses too. Um, and they wanted to do bedside care as well. Um, and they were kind of begged to, to take these positions on when no one was applying and, and you know, we couldn't find people. And, and that's a bit of a problem, I think, you know, um, in a facility where not only do they not really want to do it, but they're not trained. Pro I mean, you can go take management courses and you can get a little bit better over time and stuff like that. But um, so for me, it was all about where I was at in, in my journey, I guess, um, in terms of, I, I just was very stressed out. This was before the pandemic. And every, every day I went to work um, feeling like I was going to be fighting with a manager or like just, just to get supplies or just to get something, something basic. And, uh, and it affects the coworkers too, right? So at one point you felt happy to go to work. You, everybody was having fun together and now everybody's kind of off in their own little corner, just fighting to, to stay alive. It was, like I say, it was very similar to what I hear the pandemic was like in, in facilities. So, um, so I decided I needed to leave. I thought the whole problem was just that place where I worked. And 
I decided to leave that place, but I didn't want to give up yet. Mm-hmm. And I thought I found another nursing home that seemed to have a different uh, outlook on how to do things and very new wave, very, um, you know, forward thinking. And I thought, this is the place I belong. And off I went. And I guess it was more or less just sort of a persona that they presented. I can't really believe that with all my experience at that point that I got duped <laughs> a little bit. And um, I didn't want to give up still. Like, I, you know, I've made my decision. I've left one place. I've gone to the next place. Um, I was going to stick it out and see if I could, again, improve things once I got in there. But it was the uh, morale uh, that made me, like the, the, the girls there and boys um, were miserable. And I just couldn't, I couldn't see my way through it. So off I went to the next place. And next thing you know, I'm hopping. I'm, I'm getting, I'm going into another place. And it's, they had things that they had going for them, but they had things that I couldn't tolerate. And I just, every six weeks or so, I was looking for another job. And I got really good at interviews and I got really good at getting jobs, but then I sort my standards started to just climb like mm-hmm. I'm not going to put up with this and I'm not going to put up with that and finally when I got a job it was actually in a retirement home and I loved it and I thought I finally found where I belong and uh, the only thing that kept me from keeping the job was when I found out I was going to be responsible for medication administration I was terrified of that and they do send you you know, like a little uh, online course for that, but I didn't feel confident at all. And I just thought I I can't do this. So that's when I got the doctor to take me off on a sick leave to just kind of think, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) What, where am I going? Mm -hmm. And one week later, COVID hit. So I feel like that was just sort of a, a blessing in disguise to get me out of there. And then I just watched it from the sidelines trying to figure out you know I still have to go back to work at some point how can I do this what else can I do I looked into all kinds of schooling and nothing suited my taste and and nothing you know spoke to me and then I found OPSWA on Facebook and I started noticing that there was quite a few girls talking about working for themselves and I thought PSWs can work for themselves. I didn't know that. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm becoming a member. I'm I'm uh, talking to Ian about starting my own business. I put an ad in Kijiji to see if I could find anybody that would be a client. I found a family right away, full time, didn't need any more than just one client. And boom, Luminaire Home Care was born. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so cool. And yes, like I, I feel like you miss that part sometimes when you're in school that you don't realize you have different paths you can take or like different niches you can find within the field. One of them being you can work for yourself and literally be your own business. I think in, in school, they did talk about all the different places you could work, you know, um, retirement, um, homes in the community, um, long-term care, hospitals, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the places, but I don't think they really ever did 
mentioned. Of course, I took the course in 2003. So <laughs> it could be that too, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not discussed sometimes enough and it's like, no, it's actually a great avenue for you to go down if you want to, if that's what you're yeah. into. And then too, like you can kind of play around with it and make it your own thing. And I saw you as well. You, you have your own website and it's all about what you can offer as a PSW and the different skills that you have and different links for information that, you know, potential clients can look up. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've never seen anybody do this before. This is so cool. And I remember talking to you about that. And I was like, my mind is kind of blown that this, this should be something that a lot of people could do and, and showcase themselves and their skills and, you know, generate that respect for your craft. And I think that's wonderful. And how did you even think of that? Like, where did that even come from? Well, the when I was off sick, you know, when COVID was first here, I was so bored, um, you know, I needed something to do. And I always go back to the writing. Um, when there's nothing to do, you just, even if you just journal. Um, and um, I had, I don't even remember when I first started my personal blog, I thought, oh, I'm going to be a blogger and I don't know what I'm going to blog about, but it'll just be everyday stuff or travel or I don't travel, but I'll still, I'll do a blog of some sort <laughs> mm -hmm. and maybe I can make money off of it. And I didn't know how that, I didn't even know what a blog was. Um, I knew that it had something to do with a log, right? Like when you write in a journal, it's like a log. And I thought, where do they get blog from? Like B, like internet, like the letter B. So I sat there for two hours trying to think how, where this word would come from before I would give in to Googling it and finding out. I couldn't figure it out. I finally Googled it and it's, it's a web log, web blog. I'm like, really? <laughs> so of course I became fascinated with it and, uh, and decided, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So then when I started my home care business, I thought, well, I need a website. Like, how are people going to find me? And I already knew how to, when you, when you write your pages on your website, um, and if you have a blog with your website where you write your articles, there's a way to do the titles. There's a way to put the wording. It's called search engine optimization. I'm all self-taught. Like, I just... Mm -hmm. I've got the website and, and they have the tips right on there for you. So um, I, I um, it's, it's the way, anyway, it makes you come up to the top of the Google search. And I noticed that I was coming up like number four, it, depending on what you typed in. Like if you typed in home care, Waterloo, Ontario, you might get, you know, all the nursing homes and all the agencies that pay for advertising to be there. Mm -hmm. But if you don't pay all the gobs of money that it takes to get to the top, um, I wouldn't necessarily show up. But if you typed in um, independent PSW home care, Waterloo, I'm like number four. And that's just because I learned how to, how to write my pages and how to but I learned it all from, from the website itself. Like you can get a free website to start with and you just go on there and you just play around and you can do anything you want. You can play with colors, fonts, images, videos, anything. And none of it is seen until you like it 
and you're ready and then you just click publish and and it's live and and then you and even if you because i did that a few times too you click publish and then you look at it on your phone and all the words are all screwed up <laughs> like they're not like it looks different on the phone than it does on a computer so mm -hmm. that would drive so, me nuts <laughs> yeah oh and i and i'm very obsessive over things when i especially if i become passionate about something it's like a dog with a bone like i just won't so i mean it kept me busy learning and like i say once i got the the home care business then i made that website then i canceled the other website but i took all the articles from that personal blog and put them on my my new home care blog i mean mostly the health care related ones but um, yeah yeah that's really neat i think that's a really creative way to again advertise your craft and a lot of people don't think to do that. I would not have thought to do that. And it's the the um, home pages, what I learned too, again, just from being a person that, you know, clicks around myself, um, a lot of people, they just want the, the synopsis on the home page. So it's just, you know, maybe a picture of me and hi, I'm a PSW. And uh, if you want more information, click here. And that's all you put on your home page. And, and then when you click here, it's another page that you've designed that you've routed to. And that has a little bit more information that, um, you know, I might have a certificate in palliative care or here's more, here's more about OPSWA or here's more about uh, my criminal record check and click here for that. And then, so, so it is a series of clicking. Like if you were the person that wanted all the information, you're gonna be doing a lot of clicking. <laughs> You, yeah. you might be the person that wishes it was all on the first page, but there's lots of people that they just want your phone number at the top, your name, the fact that you're a PSW, where to click, where to phone you, and mm -hmm. that they, they zero in on that. Whereas others, they, they want to read and read and read. And so by designing it that way, I think it caters to all the different types of uh, web users. So. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. And I know you and I talked a little bit about this too, but it's hard out there by yourself working in, in settings by yourself with clients. Um, and you know, it sounds weird, but it's your job and it's your livelihood. It's your paycheck to pay your bills. So there's that pressure to always um, serve the client well, go above and beyond. And we talked a little bit about the pressures that come with that and being able to draw boundaries for yourself and abiding by them. And I just, I want you to maybe enlighten us on how you've carved out your boundaries and how you enforce them and how it's helped you personally. So that definitely comes that, that you learn that as you go. Mm -hmm. and, and it's unfortunate, you know, you get in with some clients and things come up and you have to deal with them as they come up. And it, and then you look back on it, regardless of whether it works out or whether you have to move on from it, you look back and you think, oh, wow, I could have avoided that. I could have done that better. And it's too bad that that was the family that you had to learn from. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the same in life, right? You, you know, you, you wish you knew everything when you were born. <laughs> but <laughs> 
Um, but I've always been really, really good at just sort of instinctively knowing when something isn't right, it doesn't seem right, it, it doesn't feel right. Um, I think there is a lot of instinct in this position. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I didn't really have anybody, uh, I left Facebook and I didn't really have anybody to talk to about what can I watch out for when I go into this, like Ian, you know, helped me out a lot, but, but the real nitty gritty of the everyday, what do you watch out for? So I did really have to learn, but I learned quickly. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the thing you got to remember too, is um, you got to have the professionalism. I think that's extremely important. I know some people say, oh, you're so serious and you're so by the book and you're so, you know, and, and it's like, well, <laughs> it's my business. I take it seriously. It is my livelihood, like you said, Tay. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I want to have, and again, word of mouth is your best advertisement for clients. And I want people to say, you know, oh, she's good. She's not only skilled, um, she's compassionate, she's understanding, she's flexible. Flexibility is huge in this business. Um, integrity, all those nice words. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, I learned very quickly that you have to have it in writing you, and, and you have to have as many things as you can think of. So every time something happened with a family, I would go right back to my website and change the wording on one of my pages, right? Like, just so that people would see, like, because it would be something that I didn't know that, that they didn't know. You yeah. know, these people have never hired a PSW before, and, and I'm new at, at doing this, so... Um, yeah. And so then I started putting it in my contracts too. So one of the examples I always think of when I meet a new client and we're sitting down discussing, you know, they've already got a, a printed page of what my services that I offer are like there's, there's sort of standard services that a PSW offers, but then you can kind of tweak it to your liking. Like if you don't want to offer, um, transportation to appointments, you don't have to, you know, yep. you can do different things within your, your services. Um, but if we're sitting down, um, and it'll say right in my contract, I don't paint garages. <laughs> and, and you kind of have to have a sense of humor about things too. And most, most families will say, do you really have to have that in there? Why do you have to have that in? Did that happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> and and I just kind of laugh about it and I say yeah like you know people don't know I was just doing my thing and one day they had all this painting stuff out for me and asked me to paint the garage door and and I'm just like really like I thought they were kidding and I'm like I I don't I'm a PSW I don't but I had this was my first client so I never had anything laid out like that I never expected anybody to ask me to do that so yeah. Um, so now I make sure people know I don't paint and, <laughs> you know, just, yeah, you, learn. you have it all documented basically too. And like, I've learned too, the importance of maybe having a contract as well for yeah. things like you're saying. And it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Um, some people are really in a hurry to get started with the care. The reason they're reaching out to you is because they aren't 
getting what they need from the government or other sources. And it's like, forget it, I'm just going to find my own. And they're paying out of pocket. So that's another huge stress for them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they're in a they're in a hurry. But I, I've learned to keep them calm and, and just say, you know, I can start next week. But we, we do have to have the bare minimum in place. We have to have what I call a client info form, where I at least have your name, your address, your phone number, um, and a little bit about your health condition. Not the, all the details necessarily. And if you don't want to tell me anything, you just say, I'm 85 and, and I'm old. That's my condition. Okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and I insist on some sort of contract in terms of like a terms of service agreement where mm -hmm. here are the things you require of me. Let's just write them down. You want me to do dishes. You want me to do laundry and you want me to do personal care. I sign it. You sign it. We're good to go. And then we come for the meeting. And and I've I've had clients where I've decided to um, decline. And, and you do have the right to do that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, at every stage, I've, I've declined on the phone when I first get started talking to them. I've declined after the contracts were drawn up, but I met them and I went to the house and there was some issues that I had in the home. I've declined two weeks later as a trial period. That's the other thing I learned to, to do right away is make sure they realize that this is a trial beginning. You know, mm -hmm. we both have the right in a week or a month, you can say three months um, to to sit down again and say, how do we think this is going? Do we want to continue with this? Because I've had clients where I no sooner get started and I've made the decision that it's not going to work. And, and I always offer to help them find somebody else. Like I want to get a whole network of PSW's uh, phone numbers, like contact info, so that I can just quickly phone them up and say, hey, are you, do you got any room for somebody that, you know, they really need somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're like, oh, my God, what, what do you mean you, you're leaving? I, I thought we oh, were counting on you. And then uh, we thought we'd have you forever. And, and it's like, why did you think that, though? Like, I, we didn't, we barely got started. And, and, you know, you can, you can understand the predicament that they're in, you know, they're just so, yeah. uh, it's all so stressful for them. And, and, uh, and I hate the fact that they, they latch onto you so quickly and they, you, you, you're their hero. You're their angel that has come in to save their whole world. And, and then you, you do it for a couple of days and you've decided it's not right for you. And it's like, that's crushing for them. But again, you have to, you have to um, be okay with that within yourself. You know, even if no one else in the world knows how bad you feel about it, how, how much you wanted it to work, how hard you tried to make it work, but mm -hmm. for whatever reason, or maybe several reasons, you couldn't make it work, that you have to live with yourself too. And I don't think people out there, um, you know, that have been turned away, realize what the PSW goes through making that decision. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having that written out and, and having the care plans and having all that basically out on the table beforehand 
is probably key and and kind of drawing your boundaries and not creating any confusion and that sort of a thing and trial and, and it error. helps it helps not waste people's time like either yours or theirs you get everything out in the beginning and it's like here's what i do here's what i don't do here's the hours i prefer yeah. i never say never you know like i tell people um i prefer not to work evenings or weekends or midnight shift or whatever but depending on the situation i have worked all the shifts for people but again if they're in a crisis situation where maybe their main psw is out sick for a while i make sure they know and i put that in writing too that i'm just helping out for a week yeah. on night shift but that i'm not going to continue with that you know and 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 i've had it where after the week they they do schedule you for another week and you have to you have to be brave enough to say well wait a minute now you know we had an agreement what's going on here and so oh yeah oh i meant to tell you she's going to be out for another week and it's like okay well you know i can't do another week i've i haven't had any sleep since last week and i it's about your own health right it's about your own how good are we going to be to the world if if we give too much of ourselves yeah um in an effort to save the planet <laughs> yeah no that's fair i think uh you're kind of just looking out for yourself in the long run and trying to make sure that you can stay at this job in the long run so yeah i think a lot of it too is figured out through trial and error unfortunately but it kind of yeah is what yeah. it is sometimes sometimes but and hopefully we can learn from each other too like i've only been doing it for three years mm -hmm. and you know maybe someone else out there has been doing it longer and like i say if we can all i'm sure there's facebook groups and everything that maybe people do discuss things but just to to share our knowledge with each other and and help that new person you know go into it a little smoother that you know, awesome. yeah, yeah. No, the community kind of right that you yeah kind of lose sometimes when you graduate but yeah I totally yeah. That. I think it's really helpful and it's helped me personally so yeah it's really interesting it's interesting to hear like all about your journey and how you got here and and how you figured it out along the way and I really appreciate you taking the time out to to speak with us and let us in on your world a little bit so thank you very much for being here today you're welcome Appreciate you. Um, is there anything you want to leave leave us with, or uh, just the the part about um, staying strong in your in all your decisions? You know, you could have people um, like, for instance, if if I was ever to have to call in sick, mm -hmm. um, you know, the the thing that can happen is the people when you phone them, whether it's a family member, say. And they're, they're just upset. They're screaming on the phone. What do you mean you can't come? I have nobody and, you know, um, it's really hard to not just, okay, okay, I'll, I'll come. You know, like um, the one time that I had to call in sick, it was, I was up all night watching the weather and I was checking the, the traffic reports and I was begging the universe to stop snowing like just please don't make me do this to these people they needed me and 
I, you know, it was just, it, I was beside myself. And I finally made the decision to not come. And, and that's the response I got. And years ago, if that had happened to me, when I was less confident, I would have said, okay, okay, I'll risk my safety and I'll come to you. And, you know, if yeah. I go in the ditch, I don't think my family will be very happy that I risked my safety for your family. But, um, but in this moment, I just said, I am sorry. I, I am terribly, terribly sorry. I do not feel safe out there today. I cannot come. I'm, you know, I don't know what else to say, but my decision is final. Yeah. And, and so they, they finally hung up, but I was so upset by their reaction to that. It, it, I felt disrespected that it ended up leading me to leaving the, the care of that person. I just thought they're going to do this to me every time I make a decision that's hard. Uh, and they had already done some of those things I talked about where they scheduled me for things that I didn't agree to. And it's like you, you give an inch and they're taking a mile and they can't help it. As yeah. soon as they get an inch of help, they need a mile and they, they're desperate. They want more. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know too many PSWs, even confident ones that would have been able to do that that day, you know, they would have gone out in the snowstorm. I know they would have. Yeah. So my message is, you know, just, and don't worry about getting fired or, or losing pay. Like I worried after that, that they're not going to pay me now. They're upset with me and they're not going to pay me. And they eventually did. I had to wait a couple of months, but um, you can't let fear of being paid or fear of being fired compromise you your safety and and your boundaries that's that's all <laughs> well done well said yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much Lori. i appreciate it appreciate all your wisdom and uh to all of you listening i hope this was helpful and uh we'll talk to you next week so thank you so much and thanks tay take care keep up the good work <laughs> thank you bye bye